The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Infertility and Me. And today I have Erin all the way from the West Coast joining me today. And today's episode is called IVFing It Again. And like the title suggests, Erin uh, is currently in her, I guess, technically not her first IVF treatment, but mm-hmm. she's doing it again to have another little baby. And so Erin, you can uh, introduce yourself and let everybody know a little bit uh, about you and your background. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Erin. I am in Encinitas, which is part of San Diego um, in California. And um, yeah, I actually went through, I didn't end up having to go through IVF, but I did IUI with my now eight-year-old twin girls. Back in the day, um, I was 27 when I started those treatments and it worked literally the first try. Um, I actually also ended up having triplets, but I had to, um, get a reduction, which, uh, was really hard, but that was the only way we would pretty much all survive, (laughs) including myself. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting because I mean, as most people in their twenties, um, are just so naive and you don't never think anything like that is going to happen to you at that age. So not only going through treatments at that age, but then having to go um, drive to LA and have that done was um, pretty, pretty crazy. Um, And I think that's why to this day, I still feel like we're meant to have three, just not all at the same time is what I always say. Wow. wow. Um, So so explain to, explain to me, because I've never heard the term before. Yeah. Uh, the term that you just used to save your your life and your surviving twins' life. What is what is um, exactly is that? A reduction. So mm-hmm. it's basically an abortion, um, but obviously you're not aborting the entire pregnancy because there were two other babies in there that we wanted to keep. We had no idea because it was through IUI. We had no idea, obviously, what the sexes were or anything like that, if they were normal. Right. I mean, that's not something that we even knew existed that you could do. Um, so we just kind of, they basically went, we went, we drove to LA and then we go to a certain clinic because there's not very many that do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's obvious. I've never had an abortion other than that. So I'm not really sure how abortions work exactly, but they basically put in some type of tool. I mean, it didn't hurt at all. And, um, we were about eight and a half, nine weeks. So still very, very, um, early. obviously. Um, and they inserted, I mean, you can see it, they inserted this tool into one of the embryos and that eventually made that embryo just, um, stop growing and kind of flush out. Um, yeah. So that's what a reduction is called. I mean, does so that you can then end up with, you know, obviously in our case with the two, to um in hopes that your pregnancy is then a little bit easier to 
manage to carry. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty small person. I'm only five feet, two and a half, three and a half inches. No, okay. two and a half inches. <laughs> um, I always try and add the one. Right, exactly. I can. Um, and just really small in general. I, you know, never more than like 110 pounds. It's just my stature and my parents were all small. So for me to carry, I mean, even two was kind of crazy, but to carry three was just not, it just yeah. probably wouldn't have worked for me or the babies. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's so, it's, it's awesome that they um, were able to determine that. And I know for you, it probably didn't feel like it for Harvey either. You know, it was devastating to say the yeah. least. But, um, you know, you, you could have lost your life had they not. Oh, that. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, I mean, we, we ended up going into the doctor's office, you know, when you do treatments and IVF and all that, you end up having a lot more ultrasounds and a lot more appointments than most people do. So at seven weeks, I went into the doctor. I had already, I was actually bleeding. So I thought there was something wrong. Um, but the reason I was bleeding is because sometimes, um, you tend to bleed a lot when you have multiples because of so many hormones going through mm. your body. And that's what that was. And that's when they found out I had three. And that's when we had the conversation with the doctor. We were around seven weeks. And so it took us a little bit of time to figure out exactly if we wanted to do it. But then eventually it was kind of like we, we pretty much have to do it. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, it was obviously still up to us, but. Of course. So yeah. And then wow. I ended what up, a world. Yeah. 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 So how was your pregnancy um, with the with the twins? The it was amazing. I literally went to spin class like all the way until I was like 36 weeks. People were freaking out because with <laughs> me, I also have no hips. So everything was just going straight forward. So by like okay. four or five months, people were like, oh my God, when are you due? I'm like, no, I have like a lot of time. <laughs> um, but I didn't really care. And I actually carried all the way to 37 and a half weeks, which is considered wow. full full term for twins. Exactly. Um, yeah, my twins were tiny, but they were completely fine. And we took one home right away. The other one mm -hmm. was in the NICU for about 10 days just to gain some weight because she was um, pretty small just because there's no space in there. But um, but she was fully developed. Lungs were fine. She wasn't on any tube. So it's like we were so, so, so lucky. Yeah. Well, that was a blessing. Yeah. But what was your what was your diagnosis or what was the reason behind getting the IUI? Did you have unexplained infertility? Yeah, it was just unexplained. I um really once I got off the birth control pill, I started birth control pill when I was sixteen, just you know, for preventing any anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um and I really had never been off of it until I started trying to have a baby with my husband, which um so once I got off the pill, I wasn't getting a period. Gotcha. Um, and I don't really know, you know, people always ask me, did you never have a period? And I'm like, it's hard because when you're on birth control, you have a period. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's part of the reason to be on birth control sometimes for people. Um, and in fact, I had to get back on it after I had my kids because then I wasn't getting a period again. Um, wow. yeah. So I just wasn't getting a period. I'm very impatient. So I went to go check, get checked out and, that's when the doctor just kind of said, you'll probably have to go do treatments. You can go talk to this fertility center. And so she's like, or oh, you can wait, you know, but mm -hmm. in my mind, when I want something, I'm like, nope, I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the, the idea of waiting, but knowing that you probably won't get pregnant was kind of like too, too stressful for me. So we just okay. went to the fertility center and um, 
you know, didn't do too many tests really that, that time around and, and, and we got lucky. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And then you had such a good pregnancy having twins. Um, I did. I, I have known maybe one or two couples who had twins and it was just so tumultuous. And um, so that's great. That's awesome. So Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I had a few problems after giving birth. I, ha- I had them vaginally. Okay. Um, and I ended up having really bad like diastere recti where your muscles completely tear. Wow. Um, so mine completely tore. And so I looked about six months pregnant, six months post, um, partum. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So I ended up having surgery because I also had a hernia. Um, so I had my stomach fixed, which to be honest, that was the worst thing I've ever gone through in my life. Mm. I mean, I guess up until like the miscarriage and IVF, but, um, that was, crazy. Wow. wow. <laughs> so people always ask me, should I do that to my stomach? I'm like, I don't know what to tell right. you because it was, it was so hard. But yeah, and then everything is so situational, like depending on your body. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. So many other factors to consider with that kind of a thing. Um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, so it was what, maybe like, uh, was it a year that you guys tried before your IUI, before you saw the specialist? Mm, I think I only tried for about like, before my IUI, I think we just tried for about like five to six months. So not very okay. long. Okay. But with, within that is when I went to my gynecologist to see what was going on and why I wasn't getting a period. But yeah, you were um, so much younger than 30. So they were like, just, yeah, 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 just go. Yeah, go on ahead and get out, get yeah. and find out what's going on. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. And so... I was going to get into the topic of IVFing again. Yeah. So had you guys always knew that you wanted a larger family, more than two? Um, we did. And then we had twins and twins was very hard. The first couple of years was just, uh, I don't even really remember. <laughs> the, the first year, I don't remember anything. I was just like a feeding machine, basically. Yeah. Um, but after that, my we started talking about it and, you know, then... I don't know. It, it really wasn't, it honestly wasn't anything that I always knew I wanted three, but we never really talked about it until the twins were about five when they kind of started to become more people and do things on their own a little bit more. And, yeah. um, you know, my hands weren't completely tied to them 24 seven. And I also had a, I'm a really big self guilt person. Okay. Um, and I think I always felt really guilty that I could never fully give myself to each of them because there was always two of them. Yeah, I see what you mean. I can imagine. Okay. Yeah, so I felt kind of guilty, like wanting to bring one in, knowing that I would probably have to go through treatments again. I just I wasn't ready um, until they hit about that age, and then once they finished preschool and they were about to start kindergarten, they were going to be at school all day, and um, they were obviously very self sufficient. Um, that's when we kind of started to try because. Um, I just kind of finally felt, I, I think it was just a feeling that everybody has. And for me, it was just something I had to have on my own where I was like, okay, I feel like I could now share a little bit more of me. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 That's, I think that, yeah. And then everything that you guys been through, you know, you had to deal with grief and loss and, you know, like you said, wrapping yeah. your mind around like going through treatment again and if it was going to be as easy or more difficult. So how has treatment been so far and how long have you guys been on the road to the next baby? Yeah, so we tried. We thought maybe by chance, you hear all these stories, it would work for us um, mm-hmm. to try naturally. And we did that all of 
summer of 2017, still no period. Um, but we were like, you never know. And originally my husband's like, well, I don't know if I want to go through all that. I'm like, yeah, I don't either. (laughs) Um, But that was August of 2017. And we went into the fertility center and um, same one where I conceived the girls from. And we thought we would start this time around just with IVF because we knew we just wanted one. So the only way to really control that is by doing IVF because with Mm -hmm. IUI, there's just a greater chance if you get pregnant of getting pregnant with multiples if you have more than one egg drop and I personally have quite quite a bit of follicles they just um I think they just don't grow on their own as much so when they do grow there's quite a few that dropped clearly yeah um because my twins are fraternal okay I was gonna ask you are they yeah they're fraternal so it's all me it's all the eggs that drop and so um we knew this time around we definitely just wanted one um so we went in, we started, and um, that was, you know, probably we started medication in September. We did our first transfer December 2017, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. Um, and then immediately after we started, you know, and, and to backtrack a little bit, we only ended up with one normal embryo after the first egg retrieval. So that was kind of our one and only. Okay. Um. We tried again that January, we started doing, you know, the full round again with um, stems and everything. Again, only got one normal and then one, um, the, the grade quality of it was okay. kind of like fair. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so that one didn't, and we actually ended up putting both of those in. They didn't take. Okay. Um, then I did an IUI. <laughs> That didn't work. And then I took a break that summer of 2018. Good, good. How long did you break for? Um, pretty much from the middle of May until about I started medication again, like mid-September. Okay. Okay. So you guys have just um, started again in September, this September, or was it? No, 20, 2018. 2018. 2018. Yeah. So we've, okay. been on, we've been doing this for about two and a half years now this time around. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's been a lot harder. And, um, I ended up switching fertility centers because that first one that we were at, it's just, it's a huge one here in San Diego. And I felt like just like another number, um, kind of like a baby factory type thing. A hundred percent. And all they felt like all they wanted was my money. My just, this is strange too, but my doctor actually never did my transfer. I actually saw maybe like twice in the entire year. Wow. I experienced having a transfer, well, not the transfer, but the retrieval. My first retrieval was done by Mm -hmm. one of the founding doctors. And then my second successful, which resulted in my son, was done by my doctor. So, Mm -hmm. but my clinic wasn't as big as it sounds yours, like sounds like yours was. Yeah. So I think my doctor was just maybe, he was a little older and he was kind of checked out. I don't know. I'm not really sure what was going on, but I know for a fact, none of the doctors do like the day-to-day, um, ultrasounds and at my current fertility center I see my doctor every single time I have anything done Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm an advocate for like switching REs when you need to if you're not comfortable you know what I mean it's such an intimate process and you have to feel comfortable yeah oh my goodness wow yeah so we switched and I'm so so happy and so um thankful for them um I started again with IUI because we were just financially kind of 
distraught after a year of trying and, and having to do multiple retrievals and full full cycles. Absolutely. Yeah. So 2018, September, we started IUI, but because remember I had said I have a lot of follicles, um, mm-hmm. he said there's going to be a, there's a chance that we might have to cancel it if you end up with too many. He won't proceed if I have more than like four or okay. three even that are of, of, of um, the right size. Gotcha, gotcha. So, of course, I ended up with like 10. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, that were like, <laughs> that were like 22 millimeter, you know, like ready to go. Wow, yeah. Wow. So, but in my mind, I was just so over it. I'm like, just do it, you know, yeah. but he, he won't, he wouldn't. And, and I understand, like, you don't want to have that octo mom problem. Um, mm-hmm. So, we had to cancel that and instead of completely canceling it because you know you've done weeks of treatments and medication and paying and um we switched it over to an IVF okay so he's like I can retrieve these eggs because they look of the right size and then um you know we can just switch it to IVF and so we decided to do that I did end up with three good quality eggs but we just my husband and I decided that we didn't want to test them that time which in hindsight obviously was a bad idea okay um so we have no idea if they were normal or not when it came to the transfer the doctor he transferred the one that um, had the best quality in terms of um, it being good 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 fair all that kind of stuff and we actually got pregnant okay okay yes so that was um, almost, a, yeah, our transfer was a year ago tomorrow. Wow. Um, yeah. So that was wonderful. And we were super duper happy. And, you know, just we thought that was it. And we saw the heartbeat at six weeks. Um, and then I went in for my eight-week kind of like graduation appointment from Fertility Center. And the embryo had stopped growing. Oh. So it was like the hardest thing I think I've ever gone through just because, you know, you're going through IVF and doing this for so long and you're trying your hardest for so long and you think you're there and then you're not anymore. We had told the girls. And so that was really hard to try and explain to them what had happened, which was our mistake. Obviously, if we get pregnant again, we would wait for a while now to tell them. Um, But yeah, so we had a miscarriage. It was about end of January or January-ish um, last, or 2019. Okay, okay. Um, I think I remember you making a post recently about uh, telling your girls about that pregnancy. That I did, yeah. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I took that very hard. It's kind of hard yeah. to it understand, really hard. too, you know. Oh, oh wow. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they... And it's hard because you're feeling so sad. So you can't hide it. You can't really go days without telling them. Um, so we had to just kind of tell them that night and we all kind of cried together. And um, yeah, it was hard. I mean, they were seven. So to try and explain that to them and we just kind of had to be very like raw and just say the baby died mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. there's no other way to explain that. Yeah, um, and that absolutely. sometimes it happens. And so, yeah, they were... They, they, they got it. I mean, they actually mm-hmm. even went to school and I think I wrote this down too, but they came home one day and they said, Oh, mommy, so-and-so's mommy's pregnant. And she's, you know, has a baby in her belly. And 
they said, and then we said that you did too, but then the baby died. I'm like, oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> they're kids are so their, honest, yeah. I know. And then they're telling their friends this, who I don't know if their parents have talked to them about, you know? So I'm like, oh, goodness. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's, it is what it is, right? Yeah, it definitely is. And how, yeah. how have you guys been um, kind of like not going completely insane this time around because it is much more of a difficult uh way of getting pregnant than the first time that you got pregnant with your twin yeah i mean it's you know we kind of just take it day by day cycle by cycle like we've um we always say we're definitely lucky that we can try so many times because it is so hard on you financially i mean yes yes emotionally and physically but i mean just alone people don't get to do it because of the finances. So in that aspect, we know we're very lucky that we can, but it is very draining. Um, you know, we've, after that miscarriage, it actually took three months for my HCG levels to come back to negative. Um, so yeah, I guess I was some rare case. Of course I am that, um, whose levels didn't drop within the normal like four to six weeks type of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the, that's the window. I've never had a miscarriage. So I yeah. Sure okay. The window was. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's anywhere. I mean, I think even nine weeks is somewhat normal, but that's like, you know, a stretch. Okay. Um, so for me, it was about three months. Um, wow. And it's so draining because you go in each week hoping that they've dropped, they've dropped. And then they call you and they're like, no, they're still really high, which means you're just waiting. You can't start mm. anything. You can't move can't forward anything. with anything. Nothing. Right. Um, and I ended up, I had taken two mesoprostol pills, which are pills to help you miscarry because I didn't miscarry on my own. The baby had just stopped growing. So I never okay. actually, um, and I took one and it was just, I actually just posted about this, about my miscarriage, but yeah, it I made me, yeah. Yeah, so it made me bleed like crazy. Um, They're trying to have me catch all of my tissue that was coming out, which was mm-hmm. crazy because I mean, it's disgusting. But um, did they want to test I, it? They wanted to test it since I hadn't tested my embryo, so we didn't okay. know. We didn't know if our if our that embryo was um, a, a normal one or if it was not because we didn't PGS test it. So the doctor still thinks that that's why I miscarried um, mm-hmm. because it because it was probably abnormal. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that first pill, I guess, didn't wipe out enough tissue because I went in for an ultrasound, so I had to do a second pill. Um, and that one was horrible because I ended up bleeding all through the night, like just five pairs of pants, like sheets, everything. It's gracious. In the middle of the night, yeah. So that was crazy. Um, then after that, I thought, okay, I'm finally going to be done. You know, my levels will come down and they still hadn't. I was pretty much bleeding every single day for those three months. Mm. Um, and then I finally went in, apparently my levels dropped and I went in for a hysteroscopy because he likes to do that just to make sure everything's good. Yeah. And then they found that I still had tissue. So then I had to go do a DNC after all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had so, a DNC with my son. That's not fun at all. No, it's it not. Isn't. Especially after you specifically have been bleeding for three months. 
Exactly. So that in my head, I was like, well, why didn't we just do this from the in beginning? The fr- in, exactly. Yeah. You know, so but, you know, I mean, every doctor is different. So hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, they don't, you know, I was probably one of those rare cases that needed all this stuff that, you know, they're not going to, you don't really ever know until you try. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So how have you yeah. been um, helping? How have you been coping really? Because it has been such a long journey for you guys. Yeah, it has. I mean, for me, and I always say this, it's, the thing that makes me be able to move forward is to kind of have a plan for the next step. Um, when I feel like we're just waiting and we're in limbo, we don't know what we're going to do next. It makes me really like just anxious. It makes me really depressed. Um, so that's why those three months were super duper hard because we were just waiting for mm-hmm. my levels to drop. Um, once I had the DNC, we actually, we retested a couple of, we had two embryos left from that batch. We, we, uh, defrosted them, mm-hmm. tested them, and then refroze them. They one came back normal, mm-hmm. and the other one did not. So that's why the doctor still thinks the other, the miscarriage one, wasn't normal. Maybe a um, chromosome abnormality, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So we decided to do a transfer in May of 2018 with that embryo that we had tested. The problem was that the grade, the quality of that egg, because it has already gone through two thaws, mm-hmm. um, was went way down. So it ended up being like a fair, poor quality. Oh. So we knew kind of our chances weren't as high, and that one obviously didn't take. Um, then I was pretty much ready to give up. I was like on the floor. I just couldn't do it anymore. And my husband was like, look, let's just try it one more time. Let's do a retrieval the right way because mind you this, these were all eggs still from like the IUI turned into IVF so right, when you right. do IUI you don't have as much of the medication as much mm-hmm. as like the medicated help to make your embryos stronger right or your mm-hmm. eggs stronger so mm-hmm. he's like let's do everything um take all the right meds so we did. And I ended up actually with the most I ever had it, for me, I had, we ended up with three good, normal embryos. Awesome. Awesome. I, I, I bet that made you feel uh, reassured too about the process. It did. Yeah, it definitely did. So we did that in the summer and then we transferred one in August and it failed. Okay. Um, and at that point, my doctor was just super confused because on paper, everything looked great. Um, And so he ran an MRI Mm -hmm. and another hysteroscopy where he took a biopsy of my uterine lining, which was like so painful. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's like, seriously, up to to this point, that's been like the most like physically painful thing. Is it like (laughs) a scrape? Yeah, I think it's like a little scrape. So they put a camera up in the hysteroscopy. They use a camera and that alone is like crampy and uncomfortable. But okay. then for the biopsy, they do, they scrape a little piece and then they send that off. So that part, it just, it feels like someone's pinching you oh, inside. So they don't, do they, they, they didn't numb you? They don't numb for that process? Well, you take, um, you can't get numb, but they, they give me like a. Ibuprofen or something, all. It was ibuprofen, but it was something else too that made me super like, uh, what's it called? You know, dizzy kind of and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A loopy <laughs> thing to kind of like calm me down, but it's not. It, not really to numb. I mean, and if it was, it didn't work. <laughs> it might, maybe it was more for like uh, anxiety and helping. Anxiety. Me yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I had a hysterectomy um, too, but for polyps, I had cut like really, really small polyps. Okay. And I actually had them on my cervix too, but ooh, 
um, they don't cause me any pain or any like oh, okay. abnormal, abnormal bleeding. So they didn't worry about the ones on my cervix, but I had it removed from my, um, from my uterus and it okay. was very small, but they got them out and I didn't, but oh, I didn't cool. have to have the scrape. They just biopsied the actual polyp. Oh, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So yeah I had yeah. never, yeah. I've heard of the scrape that you had done. I didn't mm-hmm. know it was that painful though. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's just, it, it just feels like, and I don't know, it's like a weird feeling because it's inside. So right, it's, you right. know what I mean? Like when yeah. someone's pinching you on the outside of your skin, you're like, Ooh, and then you can kind of rub it, but you can't, yeah, <laughs> and you don't really yeah. know when oh, it's my coming. Gosh. Like, yeah. So, but we did that, and then thank God because um, through the MRI was crazy. I didn't even know you could get a uterine MRI. I guess I was just never thought of it. <laughs> yeah. But um, they ended up finding through the MRI, they found that I had something called adenomyosis. Okay. Um, which basically he showed me like on the MRI scan, and it looks almost like there's a little like stick, kind of mm-hmm. like protruding my uterus. Um, and he said some, it basically, it's like a type of scratch. And he's like, sometimes this happens, um, if your uterus has gone through a bunch of trauma, which obviously it had since the miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hadn't checked it all the way until then. So he is almost sure that the reason why my two transfers failed after that, especially the one that was a good embryo, mm-hmm. um, was because I had this and also, from the hysteroscopy and the um, the biopsy, they found that my uterine lining was inflamed. Okay. So, and okay. that's called um, endometritis. Endometritis. Okay, I've never heard of endometritis yeah. before. Okay. Yeah. So it's inflamed, which if there's any inflammation, that the the, the um, embryo won't stick. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure if you were to get uh, pregnant, it would be another awful situation. So it's a good yeah. thing that your doctor's been very thorough with the testing. He is. And, He's you know what I mean? Super duper conservative. I love him. At first, that conservativeness like really drove me up the wall, but now I'm just like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> like I don't want to go through any more tra- like pain and trauma in that sense. So let's just get everything checked out. So I'm I'm definitely glad he did. Um, I was on antibiotics for the endometritis, the uterine Mm -hmm. um, inflammation, and those were like the worst things ever. Mm. Um, It was doxycycline and then um, I forgot the name of the other other kind, but basically you can't have alcohol with them, like nothing. Um, And if you have an ounce, like you literally feel like you're going to throw up. Oh, wow. So those pills and for two weeks, it was really hard. It was, I've I'm not, I never really throw up. I don't get sick in Mm -hmm. that sense, like hardly ever because I hate it. Yeah. And um I I literally was like beyond nauseous for two weeks. Ooh, that sounds like early pregnancy, really. Oh yeah. It was on horrible. a different level though too. Though. It, it was a yeah. totally different level because nothing yeah. I mean, you just felt like that all day long. Day long. Like like yeah, just nothing crap. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So those I finished, thank God. And now I'm on these other two, Letrozole and that I can't even pronounce it. Um Narasthendrone. Okay. Um, which essentially, so to cure adenomyosis, mm-hmm. they wipe out your estrogen. Okay. So I'm on this right now, and it's basically like going through menopause, <laughs> is what I describe That's what the letters all is for, right? Yeah. Yeah, because um, they use that for endo patients. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yep. And then the other one is kind of like counterbalancing, just giving you some progesterone so that you don't like completely 
fall um, off the radar. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but it's been crazy because I mean, like, I mean, this might be TMI, but like my sex drives out the window, everything because <laughs> I don't have hormones, I, you know, and I tell my husband, I'm like, I'm sorry, it's not like nothing's changed other than this, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I have like no, absolutely no desire, like nothing. Um, but aside from that, I do get like hot flashes here and there. Mm-hmm at night I do a bit and it's sometimes like I have like insomnia night which I've never had before that is terrible like insomnia yeah oh my gosh I know after I had my time yeah I had that problem it was yeah you did yeah because um dnc I was having side effects Mm. with the you know the antibiotics that they had me on and such so yeah Mm. that's the worst yeah yeah so, but other than that, I mean, now it's just being on these for a little bit longer and then supposedly these really do the trick and then mm-hmm. you just move right into, because we still have two healthy embryos left, we'll be just moving right into another transfer pro, um, transfer cycle. Oh, that's great. So you guys are yeah. at uh, early um, 2020 then or spring? Probably, yeah. Either, yeah. well, I might even be, I mean, I think I have to be on these for another couple of weeks. It's kind mm-hmm. of like up in the air and then... Um, after that, I'm on birth control again for two weeks so that I can get a period and then we'll run, um, jump into the transfer cycle. Oh, wow. Ooh, yeah. You're almost there, girl. Got yeah. <laughs> you know, Just no, a little bit longer. Goodness Honestly. Now, I do, remember, I do know I see you a lot on, you know, like once a week you go and do acupuncture. How's it I working? do. How's yes. it so I started acupuncture that summer that I said we took a break. I decided to do everything I could to kind of better myself. I got my thyroid checked, everything. Um, and I literally will do acupuncture until the day I die. It's my favorite time of the week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's amazing. And, um, there, I have had things along the way, like I've had cysts and different things that have kind of, um, you know, pushed my cycle back and she's been able to get rid of those for me. I mean, it's wow. crazy what she's been able to do. And um, I mean, to the point where the doctor was like, wow, we, we've never seen anybody get rid of a cyst in 10 days. And, you know, wow. she helped do that, I'm sure. Cause I, that's I'm the only getting, thing different. Yeah. Yeah, about that's me. the only thing different. Um, and I, I go to her regularly because that's kind of what, you know, when I, what, when I started going to her, she's like, okay, well, I'm going to need at least three months before you start any medications to kind of regulate your body. And so lucky, lucky for me, that was the plan anyways, that summer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I go to her almost every week and she's very honest. She's like, you know, when you're bleeding or this or that, you don't need to come in. Um, Mm -hmm. and she's basically there to regulate, um, my fertility hormones, um, detoxify my liver all these things, your kidneys that need to be functioning well in order to be able to um, get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And for the medications to work too. Exactly. You know, so that's she, important yeah. for absorption. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So she's just another form of support, another form of, um, you know, my just wellness and care. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she even becomes like one of my therapists sometimes because I'm just laying there and, you know, things Talking, get you emotional yeah. and yeah. Yeah, but she's been amazing. And it's also so, so nice um, to just go there, relax. I always end up sleeping through it. Um, so it's it's just a nice way to unwind also. I mean, if anything, it's definitely helped with stress. Yeah. Has it helped um, you with um, anxiety? Yeah, it definitely has. And she'll, you know, she'll notice if I'm more stressed one week than, the, than another. And she'll actually give me different herbs that are completely safe to take because they're just herbs over the counter um, yeah. and things she recommend or like different teas or different, it's just crazy. I mean, the things she kind of tells me to take and how much they've 
they've really helped. So. Yeah, I, I did a lot of naturopathic uh, things. You did? Well, yeah, um, especially before, because um, it was like a four-year window between IUI and, IUI and IVF for me. Oh, okay. So kind of like still in denial about <laughs> needing help. So it took a long time. So, but the supplements and stuff, I definitely, I am pro supplements and anything naturopathic. I'm going to have to yes. um, try the acupuncture if yes, you decide you have to, to do IVF yeah. again. Yes, yes, yes. It's huge. And yeah. and a lot of people say, well, I want, you know, the night, the day of my transfer and then right after the transfer. And, and I'm not going to lie, I did that the, one of my transfers before mm-hmm. I saw her because um, the old fertility center I was at actually offered it, which was kind of interesting. But um, so I did it and I was like, oh, I did actually, but it, you know, the way she's explained things to me over the year, it's, it, you really do have to go, um, you know, at least, I would say at least give yourself a month, if not two, of going before you start um, treatments just to kind of get you, you know, you want to be completely yeah. regulated before you introduce all these, you know, outside hormones into your system. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how she explains it to me. So yeah, it's, I can it's great. That it helps with, um, I can imagine it helps with um, the body uh, flushing itself and detoxing itself too as well. 100%, yeah. Yeah, which is also always a good thing. No yeah. What IVF yeah. or not, yeah. So that's awesome. For sure. Yeah, I got my husband to go because he had back pain. So I'm like, just go, go to Yeah, her. yeah. They never <laughs> usually try until we do until we do it first. 100%, <laughs> yeah. After a year and he started seeing all these things happening. And, and I actually, I mean, I got, I, I do believe that I was able to get pregnant that last December because of her help because that was the first transfer I after I had seen her I mean I know there's a lot of things probably that were in my favor including taking a break but um but I do believe that she had a big hand hand in in it oh yeah Yeah. absolutely I definitely I agree with that so what so what I know you guys are going to start next year and if there's anybody listening who yeah. is like myself and you who already had have successful uh, fertility and infertility treatments and they want to try again for another, yeah. what kind of advice would you give to them? Um, I think I would, number one is patience, even though I'm still working on mine. <laughs> um, but it's definitely taught me to be patient all around and like in just my life. I'm, I'm not a patient person. I never was. I mean, obviously having kids ha- makes you patient, yeah. but, um, but just to a totally different level where I, mm-hmm. I literally have no, as you know, we have no control about anything nope. um, in regards to IVF. And I think knowing, I didn't know that going in, I literally thought, okay, well, I think we want a boy. Let's go in. She's a boy and be pregnant in three months. Right. Right. <laughs> that literally was our thought. Like we were telling mm-hmm. people, I mean, it was crazy. And then after going through it, even after the first time I was still somewhat naive and you know, I think, um, Maybe it was just not asking enough questions or I don't know what, but um, that's literally what we thought. So I think now if you are going to start going through it, number one, just know that, I mean, it could happen right away because I definitely have friends that 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 happened for them, Mm -hmm. Um, but it could take a while. Um, I think just be persistent, be um, just fully invested. You know, I think... um, know that it's going to be a huge part of your life. I think for a while I tried to make it not be, and I tried to be like, this is my side project kind of thing. And yeah. <laughs> it, it, and it's just not, it's not going to be that way. And so I think understanding that it will take over your mind, being okay with that. I think there's a lot of guilt that I felt for a while and, and, and still struggle with the fact that I do have two beautiful girls, but um, yeah, yeah, you know, the fact that I want another one, 
you know, my therapist always says one has nothing to do with the other. And yeah, it's true, exactly. it you is. know, it, it, it's, it's a hundred percent true. And, and whether you have kids or not, whatever, whatever IVF is taking you away from, I think that's where in lies the guilt. Yeah. And, um, I think you just need to be aware that that might come up, but just know that you should not feel guilty for wanting to have a family of whatever size you want. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, so it's patience, not feeling guilty. And I think, um, another thing, a huge thing is just ask questions, make sure you're always asking everything, researching whatever you want. I mean, like now that I have put myself out there and the blog out there, I'm actually finding so many other things that I'm even still asking my nurse, like, Hey, should Mm -hmm. I get tested for this? Should I get tested for this? Mm -hmm. And you know, her reassure, reassuring me and telling me you don't need to do that is always great. But I always am much more happy that I actually, that I at least asked, you know, yeah. or researched it and then researched. Asked exactly. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Knowledge is a big part of it when you're dealing with something medically based like this. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, with anything, right? With yeah. any type of surgery, anything you're getting, it's great yeah. to ask questions and, and feel really comfortable with your doctor. I mean, for us, we didn't for about a year. And after a year when the nurse emailed me and was like, well, you can start your medication. I'm like, but I haven't even seen the doctor since like the first failed transfer. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, those to me obviously are red flags. So, so listen to your gut because I think I didn't for a while because I just thought, well, they know best. Right. But, yeah, yeah. but it's not always the case. It's not everybody is a good fit for everybody. Yeah. You definitely have to vibe with your, your doctor. 100%. I like to say, like, I had a female RE, so I always like to say, okay. like, one of my girlfriends, you know what I mean? Like, 100%. You have to yeah. feel that way in order for it to everybody to be comfortable and to ease your own anxieties more so than hers because she knows what she's doing as far as her care that she's giving you, but you, the patient, need to be comfortable. And everybody doesn't mesh well. You Like you said, you know, you don't mesh totally. well. Totally. Oh, yeah. I still, like, I, I, I still have, um, I message a couple of the nurses because we became real, pretty close and I and I'm like, I feel like I'm missing out because I don't see you guys every day right now. I'm yeah. like, what's going on over there? I feel like I don't know what's going on. That I want to know. So funny. Yes, that's exactly yeah. how you feel. I follow my RE office too. And I'm yeah. like, oh man, I missed them. I got to go see him. You know, take the baby. Totally. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You build lifelong relationships. Yeah, you do. I'm yeah. like, I can't wait to get back in there. I mean, not really, but you know what I mean? Yeah, because they're the ones who keep you coming back. If they give you, yes. if they're giving you unconditional loving care and have good bedside manner and you have a connection with them and you know when you have a connection with them like you said you know absolutely and then also guys don't forget to try the acupuncture and other forms of self-care that are for Mm -hmm. mind body and spirit like Erin said yeah we will leave all of Erin's social media handles and her blog in the show notes so that you can guys check her out follow her journey connect with her she's really sweet I love her videos I like watching her story (laughs) In, um, what she's doing in the day and during the day and such so I'm going to leave all that in the show notes of course my social media handles will be in the show notes and I thank you Erin for coming on and thank you for having me story. I'm going to have of you course. Come back in the future yes I'd love to we'll do some more stuff together and uh, absolutely that's a wrap for today thank you for tuning in thank you